0: I think there's already a lot of work being done behind the scenes to design these like community-building networks to interact and engage directly with the fan bases of these brands slash constructors in motorsport.
1: Welcome to Cut to the Crypto, brought to you by Unstoppable Domains. I'm Tony Caram Brown and I'm your host. This is a show for the curious minds with big questions about crypto, but who aren't quite crypto experts yet. Each week, I pick a question and connect with an expert who can help provide an answer for us. This is your 15 minutes of crypto, asked and answered. Hi, so today I am joined by IndyCar driver JR Healthbrand. Welcome and thank you so much for agreeing to talk with me.
0: Of course, glad to be on.
1: And you are currently a racing in the IndyCar series, and you are also an adjunct lecturer at Stanford. How are both of those treating you?
0: Well, yeah, definitely exploring a little bit of the crossover between motorsports and and tech and, you know, the automotive space. Motorsports has a long history of of sort of leading automotive in a lot of innovative fields and now just because of because of where things are at they're a little bit more separate than they used to be so uh, it's been fun to explore the autonomous vehicle space with the with some you know graduate programs at Stanford over the last few years
1: that sounds incredible i i'm actually really excited to hear your thoughts about crypto for a couple of reasons but specifically because You are exactly the kind of person I want to be in conversation with about crypto. We obviously both have a passion for motorsports. You obviously made a very successful career out of it. I have not. But we're also both clearly thinking about crypto and Web3. And I think I said to you previously, but this is like the kind of overlap that I've been waiting for, this overlap of crypto and motorsports. And like many people, I've absolutely noticed the substantial investment that crypto has been making in sports in general from football to basketball, to cricket, you name it, crypto seems to be there. But more specifically, cryptocurrency-based companies are absolutely, it looks like, becoming one of the biggest sponsors and partners in motorsports in general. And we just had the announcement that Crypto.com was announced as the official title sponsor for the Miami GP that's around the corner. It's crazy to say that that's happening in May. Crypto.com is obviously a big sponsor for Formula One as a race series. They're also a partner with Aston Martin. We've also, and it's not just Crypto.com, we've also got the likes of Futocoined, I think signed a big deal with Red Bull Racing in 2019 and 2020. And we've got Alpha Torrey, who has a deal with Phantom. And that's just the stuff that I know of and that I see on a day-to-day basis in Formula One. So my question to you is, it seems to be a safe bet to say that crypto is currently investing big in motorsports, and it seems like motorsports is also investing in crypto. Why do you think this is happening now? Like, why is the time right for crypto and motorsports to be having this sort of conversation? It feels like it kind of crept up on us, but maybe I missed something. So I'm just curious where your thoughts are at there
0: the relationships that you're starting to see fall into two categories and there there's some overlap between them but the first is just you know like crypto.com sponsoring the Miami GP to me is is just kind of a sponsorship deal like that's that's a visibility thing that that abides by a lot of the traditional standards and kind of metrics that we follow for sponsorship and engagement within the sport you, know, you have a lot of crypto companies now that are making a lot of money. So whether that's seeing the Coinbase's and Crypto.com's like the big players as exchanges, you know, starting to dabble in this space, you know, obviously the staple Center going to the Crypto.com arena or whatever it is now. I can't
1: believe I didn't mention that. Yeah, it's a pretty big one.
0: <laughs> so I think that there, there's a lot that fits into that category, which is just kind of in for our purposes, just like a traditional sponsorship play, you know, because motorsport just fundamentally from top to bottom is so financially dependent on sponsorships and people being involved. I mean, I come from thinking about this from the perspective of a race car driver that, you know, I can't go, if I'm a skateboarder and I want to go to the X games, like I can just go skate and, you know, pay the entry fees or whatever and show up and do it. You know, I played sick and ball sports when I was younger. I played baseball, like through varsity in high school. Like, I could have had a major league baseball player, an active major league baseball player, as my hitting coach for the same cost as like going go karting for a season, right? So you just think about the cost involved, like from from top to bottom, it actually makes motorsport a place that operates by sort of free market economic dynamics, maybe even more than than some other sports do. It's just dependent upon people engaging and spending money and so it's very open to that at a lot of levels whether it's the events themselves the sanctioning bodies or the teams in that respect from a sponsorship perspective it's an easy fast place to jump in and get a lot of visibility doing something that's that's interesting and it's fast and it kind of plays by by some of those crypto rules you see in formula one in particular there's it's so closely tied to this, you know. This is a an innovative thing that's always evolving. You know, crypto. I think it, it parallels that in terms of, you know, those taglines. I think the other part of it, which to me is a lot more interesting, is you're starting to see, you know, some of the discussion, particularly from the teams. So McLaren and Red Bull Racing are the two to me that really stand out from this perspective. They both have relationships with Tezos, which is a crypto platform, basically, right? So to build. DeFi apps off of and, and all this kind of stuff to build on top of. And they're looking at those partnerships from the perspective of building community and connecting with their fans. And I think that you'll see that start to emerge as sort of like in a simple way, like it just NFTs, not as digital artwork, but as almost like a, a membership token. Yeah, well, to, as a, yeah, to be to be engaged with the with that entity so we'll say mclaren as an example and i have no direct insight into this so i'm sort of i'm sort of guessing but i i think that this is a natural way for this to evolve is right now an entity like mclaren has a lot of mechanisms for engaging with their fan base but nothing that's like really sticky so they can sell merch and there's vip tickets at races they obviously have social media and all this kind of stuff but all of those different elements operate on completely different platforms. They're not really connected. They're a little hard to track. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to kind of understand you know, who is this one fan of mine? What do they care about? How do I interact directly with them? And I think that's where... Just if we were to think about it literally as, as what NFT stands for is just a non-fungible token that allows you to identify that person as an individual and interact with them directly as a brand, let's say, in a way that hasn't really been possible to do or hasn't been possible to do easily up until this point. And so I'm sort of envisioning a scenario in the not too distant future that the McLarens and Red Bulls and Ferraris and and those entities, these big entities that have huge followings, starting to roll out these kind of community building tokenization mechanisms, basically just to identify who are their early adopters in this space how can I over deliver initially on interacting with those people in this way? So those people getting early access to new elements of kind of fan engagement from the perspective of that brand, whether that just be access to merch or it's kind of getting in the lottery for VIP stuff. There's a lot of ways to think about that. We're seeing this in like the streetwear space, I think already. And them you know collaborations that are token gated on shopify and all this kind of stuff and it's like it's a little clunky right now but i think when you look at the partnerships that the f1 teams are building they're building with the developers in this space first i think there's already a lot of work being done behind the scenes to design these like community building networks to interact and engage directly with the fan bases of these brands slash constructors in motorsport. That's where the most interesting stuff in this space is going to happen.
1: And it's interesting because I think listening to you there, it's like most sports related like collectible pieces or memorabilia pieces are definitely seem to be having like this new wave of life in the digital space like when you think of trading cars, like i envision someone in the in, in the 80s like trading i can just i can see it and it doesn't feel very now of the now or very digital or very modern and so it definitely feels like there's a new there's a new life being breathed into these collectibles. And look, NBA Topshop definitely set the scene with that. And I think it became a very lucrative revenue business for the NBA. And so it's interesting seeing the likes of NASCAR and, and F1 have a look at you know all of these NFT projects. But what I found most interesting listening to you talk about it, and I definitely think this is top of mind for a lot of the teams, is that community building aspect. Was community building a thing in your mind, that motorsports and series and teams were thinking about? Or do you think there's a new type of fandom that this is making sense? Like NFTs now make sense with these new type of fans that are emerging? Or was community building always a thing, but we just just didn't call it community building? But this definitely seems like there's an excitement right now about that space.
0: You could just call it sort of semantics that... We've now latched onto this word "community," and you know we we kind of throw that into everything. But I think there's a difference here, which is that based on kind of the way that social has worked for a, you know a decade plus now, or whatever, even before that, the way that a race team generates revenue is if you think about like the Michael Schumacher era, of Formula One, or something, still kind of recent, but in our maybe not too distant past, they're doing licensing deals and they're generating sponsorship based on this kind of television viewership ad revenue play, right? And so if you think about just those dynamics from the perspective of those teams and then and all of their partners and everybody else who's involved in in the kind of that financial side of it, the fan is really and I think has really just been treated as a consumer. And that's sort of it.
1: Like a transactional piece of just like you buy something, you get something in return. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that you know even even from the perspective of this slightly less direct TV viewership as as revenue, basically to the team, like they're they're transacting TV viewership for sponsorship, you know, which are eyeballs for the sponsor, and the team gets paid for that. Right? What Web three enables, and we've we've kind of seen this start to happen. Prior to blockchain and crypto being the mechanism by which it's it's sort of being you know created for, you see it just a little bit in in social and especially the younger driver you know lando is is a great example of this right like he's he's streaming he's doing all of this stuff like he is I think building community as opposed to just building audience and I think that's the difference like where we've been at up until this point is everybody's focus has just been to generate as large an audience as you possibly can. I think there's a difference between audience and community because community is like, it's a two-way thing. Like we're we're both engaging in something. And when you really start to think about tokenization, whether that's in the form of NFTs or something like that, or it's a literal like creating a native token. Like I, I don't think it's completely out of the question that you could have a Red Bull create their own native token, right, as a cryptocurrency, if you think about those types of dynamics either way, whichever way you kind of want to think about that, I've dabbled in the NFT space over the last like six months or something. And it's almost like you feel, you feel almost like a shareholder when you have an NFT as a part of a community of people who also have one of those NFTs along with the brand or the entity that's creating them. Because there becomes this kind of innate value of the thing that you have. And so even if that was a a crypto token that starts out being worth like a tenth of a tenth of a cent or something, it's not just like loyalty points or something that are literally only valuable in this very discrete network of, of people and things. And so that's the other kind of area where I think crypto, it starts to enable a completely different way for brands and teams and drivers even maybe to start thinking about how they engage with their with their fan base, what the value proposition for them and for the fans is, like th- those both become a little bit different. And that starts to restructure the incentives for everybody, which is really cool.
1: It's very cool, and I hadn't actually put it in such a, a sort of a parallel conversation. But I've definitely looked at it from the perspective of there are a swath of new fans coming into the sport thanks to Drive to Survive, thanks to the, the content creators out there. It's interesting when you you look at it and you go, wait, they look different. Like the fans of today and the diversity of the fans of today look a little bit different than what they used to. That's not as homogenous. So I think that's what's got me excited about this space is the prospects of all of these different use cases popping up and how that engagement can look, but also how that engagement with the audience and the fan from just being an audience to actually being an active participant, I do think that the fans will feel that, whether it is, you know, Lando streaming or in Roblox, or whether it is taking, you know, being able to buy an NFT and be part of a project or have a token. There's something there that I think is really interesting. And you touched upon something about the clunkiness of it that feels really important is the NFTs of today will look fundamentally different in three months, six months, nine months, two years from now. And so we're still at that really early point, which is exciting for sure. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your thoughts and insights. I honestly, this is the crossover I've been dreaming for. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time and and sharing your thoughts about this space.
0: Glad we could fit it in in the quick time period. And
1: appreciate as you're going into a busy series. Good luck with everything this season. And I'll be keeping an eye out for, for your successes on track.
0: Thanks so much. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for sticking around to the end. And I hope you enjoyed today's guests as much as I did. If you've got big crypto questions, send them our way and we'll attempt to get them answered for you. And for the more seasoned crypto investors and enthusiasts, do go check out our weekly podcast, The Unstoppable Podcast, to learn more about the latest innovations in Web3, NFTs and the decentralized web.